Welcome to The Dewey Show, where Dewey talks politics, current events, true crime, and everything else he finds interesting. The Dewey Show is sponsored by AdamandEve.com. Are you looking to spice things up in your bedroom? AdamandEve.com is the place to go. Take it over, voiceover guy. Use the offer code DEWEY at checkout for 50% off. Exclusions apply. And free slash always discreet shipping. That's A-D-A-M-A-N-D-E-V-E dot C-O-M. Use offer code D-E-W-E-Y. Try use offer code D-E-W-E-Y at checkout. That's adamandeve.com. Offer code DEWEY. Spice things up in your bedroom. Everything I've mentioned today is in the description of today's episode. How are you folks? I hope you're having a great day. So uh, today I'm not going to talk about any news. I'm going to talk about my first time learning how to drive. And you're probably thinking, well, Dewey, that wasn't super long ago. It was long ago, but not like a a very long time ago, you know? Um, No, you're thinking that I was about 16. That's not the case. I was eight. I was eight years old. Now, to be clear, my grandpa uh, owns a very spacious uh, ranch. He's got a lot of land. And, uh, yeah, anyway, we're, you know, I'm eight years old and he says, all right, get in the driver's seat. And I was, you know, like, okay, cool. We're going to play, you know, we're going to just chill and have fun, stuff like that. And that's really not what happened. What happened was (laughs) he gets in the passenger seat and then he said, okay, you're going to drive. And I said, well, Grandpa, but I, I, I'm just eight years. I'm, I'm only eight. And he said, well, you know, uh, you're halfway there. So if I can do, if I can always do something to put you ahead of everybody else, I'm going to do my best to do it. So I, and, and I want to explain, let me describe the truck before I get real into this story. Okay. So uh, this truck is like a 19, late 70s model right it's a little tiny single uh it's got a passenger it's a single cab pickup truck right uh it's tiny it's a small truck we called it old blue right and so gramps said he said get in the uh driver's seat and let's go for a spin now this truck has gone through hell already okay it had when when he put it down when he stopped using it it had uh like 600,000 miles on it it uh was had two uh motors replaced and three transmissions replaced uh he tries to keep things and get you know keep them as long as he possibly can um which i i think is cool i think that's the, the way to do it personally but uh so i get in this truck and you know, you're probably thinking, okay, this is an automatic. Nope, that would have been too easy. So I hop into Gramps' truck and, you know, he's talking me through everything. This is what you do here, all of this. And then uh, we're driving through his pasture, right? Um, And we're away from all the cows at this point. And uh, I drive up from the pasture into uh, the area where he keeps his horses corralled. So like basically it's a pretty big space um and there are horses that are corralled up different parts of um this larger area right so you can walk in there and the horses are 
I need you to know that the horses are safe, right? They're behind a pipe, okay? Uh, it would wreck the truck before it would even, like, budge the corral. It, this, this thing's like fucking a water trough, okay? It's a water trough. And it weighs about 900 pounds, probably more, um, without water in it, right? And so I'm driving through, and Gramps says, okay, stop and pull in front of the water hydrant. We need to water the horses. So we turn it on, we're waiting, and all this other stuff, and then I get in, and he said, okay, you're doing so good, you're doing great, now back out, and I said, but Grandpa, I don't want to get into a wreck, and he said, well, that's that's what insurance is there for, he said, let me worry about that, he said, you back us out of here, so both of us, he and I, we put our head behind us, and I put it in gear, and I press the gas as I take my foot off the clutch, and we jar forward, and my foot's still on the gas, so, like, we're going forward, and bang, I heard this really, really loud crash, like, this really loud crash, and what happened was, is I put the car in first, or, I think it was first, or, it would have had to have been first, no, it would have been second gear, uh, I believe, so I put it in second gear rather than reverse, and we went forward, and I hit that 900 fucking pound trough, right, and he just goes, like, puts his head down and goes, <sighs> like that, and we get out, and we start looking at the damage, and I busted, fuck, I fucking busted one of the tail lights or the headlights, and he was like, oh, that's not bad at all, you know, good, that's good news, and then you know, here I am, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm done with all this stress and driving and all that, and he said, all right, get back in, let's get out of here, and I said, but I just wrecked it, and he said, well, uh, if you, want, like, once you get your driver's license, if you get into a, a wreck like this, it's minor, you're going to be driving away, so you need to learn how <laughs> to drive with, like, those that stress and that the nerves that are involved with that, and so, you know, I'm like, okay, okay, cool. So I drive out, and uh, I, I don't have another incident. So what my grandpa does, uh, and this is like a month later. A month later, I go over, over to his house, and he hasn't, like, brought this up since. And it's not because he was angry. Like, he treated me totally normally after that. So I don't even think he got, I don't even think he was mad. Uh, I think it was just like, oh, man, you know. But he did practice with me so frequently that I could drive a, a a stick shift truck when I was eight years old because of how fucking cool my grandpa was. And, like, uh, just his super cool, chill demeanor really relaxed the hell out of me. And, like, I told my dad this story, and he was like, what? He, he, he didn't yell at you? He didn't get mad? And I said, no. He didn't get mad. He was cool about it. And my dad was basically like, well, uh, that must be because you're his grandkid. But anyway, yeah, I wanted to tell that story uh, because I think it's awesome. And I have a quote that I want to go with this, okay? Um, something I've learned from driving is some... Uh, okay, something I've learned from driving is something we should all apply to our lives. If you look forward... The Dewey Show is sponsored by AdamandEve.com. 
Are you looking to spice up your sex life? AdamandEve.com is the place to go. Use the offer code DEWEY at checkout for 50% off. Exclusions apply. And free slash always discreet shipping. That's A-D-A-M-A-N-D-E-V-E dot C-O-M. Use offer code D-E-W-E-Y. And face what's ahead. You could crash, but odds are you're going to be okay and you're going to do just fine. However, if you constantly look back behind you, you'll, you will certainly crash. Uh, something I've learned from driving, something I'm, something I've learned from driving is something we should all apply to our lives. Uh, if you look forward and face what's ahead, you could crash, but odds are you'll be okay. However, if you constantly look behind you, certainly you will crash. That's my quote. Uh, so yeah, that's my story. I think it's funny. My grandpa's still with us, thank God. Uh, we lost his wife, my grandma, uh, years ago, and it's really, she, she's the one that I was telling you is my best friend. And I'm actually uh, starting to write a book because um, she was the uh, lunch lady. She was a head chef at my elementary school. So, like, I would just have to walk from class down to, into the gym, into the cafeteria to, to see her. That was it. And, yes, if you're going to ask me questions, I did sneak out of class a lot to go hang out with her. Uh, and then she'd be like, wait, why aren't you in class, you know? Uh, and I, every day I'd be like, hey, teacher, can I go, you know, potty? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. So I would sneak down and see her as much as possible. And um, it's going to be... A book and the title I've already come up with it's called lessons from my lunch lady because and the reason it's not like lessons from grandma or something like that is like anytime I ask her like a perplexing question like uh, very you know she would be like how do you expect me to know that I'm just a lunch lady she she would say but like she changed so many kids lives like she she started a summer school lunch program by her fucking self. She was able to get the district in, but like, and they said, okay, you know, that's not a bad idea because uh, it's a relatively uh, poor area. I don't know, uh, less fortunate area. And uh, there are a lot of folks who are less fortunate there. And so their kids, you know, they didn't necessarily, they wouldn't have been able to eat during the summertime. And that kept her up at night. And then this is stories from my grandpa. She would walk around at night trying to find a solution to this. And her solution was, I'm going to start this summer program, this summer lunch program. She wakes up my grandpa and she said, I'm, I'm going to start the summer lunch program and we're going to pay for it if we have to. And my grandpa goes, okay, okay, what, what do we need? How many students do you expect to come? And uh, some of my best memories were going and helping her work uh, and serve the kids and stuff uh, during that time. Because I, we just had so much fun. We would go there at like four in the morning with her. And we would stay there like probably until three o'clock, four or five maybe. She really liked to keep it open early and late because she knew that some parents would have to drop their kid off and all of that stuff. And there were times that 
there were there were years that she went there even earlier than that. There were times that she stayed even later than that. She loved her students so much. And I know that uh, they're not students to her. They're just little, uh, you know, little people, right? And something else that I admired a lot about her, I'm sorry that I'm crying, but whatever. Um, it was, uh, there was some kids that had diabetes and hypoglycemia and stuff like that. So they couldn't have a lot of sugar or they were allergic to something that was an ingredient. And every year, every single year for 30 years, she would look at the uh, student roster and she would count, okay, this kid can't eat this, this kid can't eat that. And she would write their names in her calendar so that she would know, okay, I have to, okay, like, let's just use this for an example. Okay, Dewey's allergic to uh, soy. There's soy in the dessert. Uh, Seth is diabetic. Uh, there's too much sugar in the dessert. And uh, Jack is, uh, I don't know, he doesn't like this dessert. Uh, so she, what she would do with her own money is she would uh, she would bring dessert, different desserts like jellos and things of that nature to make sure that the kids, the other kids got a treat too. And I want to make something clear, uh, because I kind of left that open-ended. I didn't finish it, but uh, with this uh, summer lunch program and stuff, uh, my grandma and grandpa, they put money into it. They certainly did. But uh, the school board was like, you know what, that's a great idea. That that will help a lot of kids, because during school, they have no problem, because they're at least getting two meals a day, right? So it's not a problem. But uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that they did not put anything into it because if it wasn't enough for her to make something that was up to her standards, she would put her own money in it and just make something different. Um, and she was there and uh, like she, she was there on like an almost volunteer level. She was not doing it for the money. She was doing it for the kids. And it changed countless lives. Like, I did not realize the impact of it until she passed away. And um, I, uh, as you guys know, uh, if you're not new, uh, you know the story of my grandma helping me with my stutter. She would ask me to write poetry, and I would, re and she would pay me fifty cents per poem. And yes, there were rules to it, so I couldn't just write, "Grandma is cool, Dewey is a fool," and then get like fifty cents out of it. No, it had to be like a certain amount of this and that, right? And so I wrote, I, I wrote a poem about her after she passed away because uh, she really thought I was a good poet. And I, honestly, folks, I'm not. You heard if you go back and listen a couple episodes ago where I did a poet a poem for you folks, it wasn't great, you know, wasn't great. But she thought I was like the next. I don't even know what a famous poet. Alexa, who is the most famous poet? Oh fucking duh, yeah. But she thought that I was like the next, the second coming of William Shakespeare, and it wasn't because I was good. I think she just. Love me so much that 
fucking nobody was going to tell her different. You know what I mean? Uh, but she was such an incredible person. And to get to tie up the story with my grandpa, the, the month later I went uh, down there because I was there every weekend almost. And I went uh, with grandma and I saw the blue truck. And she had, uh, grandpa had welded on a grill guard uh, <laughs> on it and protectors for his uh, rear lights. Uh, his, yeah. Uh, and I just thought that was funny. And he didn't say anything about me, like, this is because of you, or, you know, he didn't even joke about it. He, he was just super cool about it. And, yeah, uh, he he's a good grandpa to this day, to this fucking day. And um, my grandma would not like the fact that I'm swearing so much, so I'll try to stop. But, yeah, I, I will keep you folks updated about my book. Um, it will be titled, uh, it will be titled Lessons from My Lunch Lady, so, yeah. For everything Dewey Show related, including sponsor links and information, head over to DeweyShow.com.